This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL's on the front line every day, fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. On Saturday, January 15th, the front line in the battle against anti-Semitism was Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas, where Malik Akram held four hostages at gunpoint for 11 hours. Recently, I invited my colleague Greg Erie onto the show to offer an inside perspective on what happened that day. Greg is ADL's vice president for law enforcement and spoke from the national perspective. But there is another story here, a much more personal one. That is the story of my wonderful colleague, Cheryl Drazen. She's ADL's vice president for the Central Division. She lives in the Dallas area and was on the scene for most of that harrowing day and night. Welcome, Cheryl, too. From the front lines. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. So you got the phone call and you heard what was happening. What was the first thought that went through your mind? Immediately, the first thought was, who do I need? How do I how do I get there? It was snowing in Dallas that day, not normal for us in January. And really the logistics of who to connect with at ADL and how to physically get to the congregation. What about the emotions of this uh, harrowing experience that uh, was to come. You didn't even know what uh, to anticipate. Absolutely. But I knew the congregation, I knew the community really well. It's been a lot of time literally on site providing anti-Semitism education, working with teens, doing programs about anti-Semitism on campus with uh, parents and grandparents looking at college choices. So I I absolutely, not only was it was, was I hearing the words, but I was seeing the images in my head of, of what it must be like. Um, and there was a, a real draw to be present. When I heard about this, obviously I was horrified, but I had never heard of Congregation Beth Israel. And, you know, not so for you. You, you have this uh, important relationship with, uh, with the synagogue and presumably with the rabbi. Absolutely. Um, Charlie Citron Walker, Rabbi Charlie, as he's become a household name to many of us now, um, and I have had a decade-long relationship. Um, you know, he, uh, his wife, Adina, is in my cell phone. I, I know them personally, and we've had a long professional uh, relationship. So clearly I was deeply, deeply concerned, not just for the situation, but for him personally. At that time, I, he was the only person I was aware was there. Um, and you know, as I was driving, I was getting more information. Who was giving you this information? Initially, my information came from our colleague, Renee LaFerre, in our Austin office. She had gotten tipped off from a UT student who had been a congregant and was watching the worship service Saturday morning themselves. Uh, she had brought in her security um, insight in Austin. They had me on the phone. And um, between my synagogue and my house, which is, I don't know, five minutes, um, where I had been in services um, until I connected with Greg Erie and our and our ADL team and, and got a little bit more information. Okay, so you went down to the scene. Paint the picture for us. Where were you and, and who was there? This is a small congregation, 135-member units, really located, nestled um, in, a, in a neighborhood. Um, Colleyville, if you've flown into the DFW airport, is kind of a bedroom community right there on the Tarrant County, Dallas County line. And I've been told uh, by my contact at the FBI to head to the 
to head to the Good Shepherd Catholic Church, which is about half a mile um, away from the congregation. I, I had been there before um, with Rabbi Charlie, and I knew that law enforcement was a half mile in the other direction at the Colleyville Junior High School. And they, they were separating media and community in one area, law enforcement in the other. And I, I heard you speak uh, about the day before and the pivotal role that you played as the connector, the one that everybody knew. Tell us who the players were and what role you played at the Good Shepherd Church. Part of this is, is the geography of understanding that this is really a, a tiny community between two metropolitan areas, Dallas and Fort Worth. And so ADL, with our regional model, works closely with, with many communities uh, you know, in our region. So I knew leadership and players in Dallas and leadership and players in Fort Worth, and they were coming together. Father Michael Higgins um, had given me his office. Um, so kindly at uh, at Good Shepherd Catholic Community, really setting me up with his conference table, with his computers and monitors so that I could welcome in various members of the communities and introduce them to one another. It was Martin Luther King weekend, so a lot of elected officials were also home clearly a Saturday, many, many people as, as the day went on coming together initially at the church, and then we eventually moved to City Hall. So as the day went on and there was really no end in sight, I'm sure that this became more and more difficult. And you were also with the families of the hostages. Give us a sense of of what that was like. Our kind of command center was across the hall from where the FBI was holding the hostage families. Our contact, my contact with them was via phone. So they were conversations, although we could could literally hear each other's voices in addition to the phone, um, but they were petrified. I mean, I, I can't even put into words the you know the the stress that these families were under. Getting you know updates from the FBI, they had tremendous um, tremendous support as their immediate family members were allowed to physically be with them, um, and and absolutely just a tremendous tremendous sense of strength as they waited to be able to to learn what was going on. And at some points, um, as we all know now, were able to speak on the phone with their loved ones. Okay. And finally, the hostages were out. Uh, how were you notified of this? And, and what was that moment like? As I left City Hall, where we'd been briefed uh, in the mayor's office, had been briefed by the FBI uh, special agent in charge and the city police chief. At that time, they said, we really don't know how much longer and, and what's going on. As I came back to Good Shepherd, I heard the shots, and I mean, media was right there. And um, actually, it was Governor Abbott who tweeted first confirmation um, that that the hostages were safe. And within you know within 30 minutes, uh, law enforcement was doing a full press conference that at this point everybody has seen with a little bit more detail. You heard the shot, and uh, you you suspected what. It was like a almost think of it like a bowling alley. I, from where I was standing at Good Shepherd, I could see the congregation. You could see all of the lights. You could see um, you could see as the SWAT teams were moving in. I mean, you you knew what was going on, um, but until there was confirmation, you surely didn't know what what the shot had accomplished. Okay. Uh, now, there's a wonderful story here about a rabbi who was so deeply enmeshed in interfaith work and the entire interfaith community that came out to express their shock, that came out to express their solidarity, and doing it all in, in the parking lot of a church. Tell us about that positive message of, of interfaith solidarity. 
Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Rabbi Charlie's in Rabbinus is built around um, interfaith community and pieced together a movement that he and other clergy leaders in the area have created, um, the pockets of people, whether they were just standing together throughout the day, working uh, with the with the situation, offering support to to the hostage uh, families, you know, in addition to imams who were speaking to the hostage to the hostage taker. It was was tremendous to see those pieces. Um, and as I left the church um, Saturday evening to go to the mayor's office, so really as Shabbat had ended, you saw Catholic priests sitting with Chabad rabbis in the in the church kind of rectory area, just praying together. It was absolutely beautiful to see the support um, from various members of the faith community. And of course, that continued on Monday with an interfaith service. Absolutely. So on Martin Luther King Day, um, a large uh, Whitechapel United Methodist Church in South Lake, a, a community won over, um, hosted a, a service of healing that Rabbi Charlie led with the former uh, congregational president from uh, from Beth Israel, as well as its music leaders um, from throughout the community. And um, absolutely, it was a room full of people, of, of Jews, of Christians, of Muslims, of people of all faith and no faith coming together just to celebrate what had happened. We're now weeks away. Uh, people have gotten past the shock. Uh, I'd say um, most Jewish communities are now very, very focused on stepping up security, really heeding the words of, of Rabbi Citron Walker, who, as we all heard him say, he praised ADL, he praised the Secure Community Network and others for saving his life with the training that uh, that was provided. But what about Congregation Beth Israel and the rabbi? What's happened since? How how are they coping? They are recovering from trauma, um, and, you know, in a, in, and that is not a linear experience. It it comes and goes. Um, rabbi Charlie, you know, testified in front of the House this week on funding for um, for houses of worship. He is. Um, being himself and using using his voice to bring you know interest um, and, and information about about the subject. The congregation continues to worship together, um, but again, you know, it was a crime scene for a while, and, and people are adjusting to to how to use and feel comfortable in the space. Cheryl, this has been uh, fascinating and heartwarming, and we were uh, so grateful that you were there, that you were on the scene representing ADL. And uh, thank you for this incredible work, and, and thanks for being on today's show. Thank you. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.